really try to push the teams not to think of a just incremental solution for today, but really trying to push this out in the horizon a bit. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights podcast. That's Julia Hitzbleck from Bayer. At our workshop hosted by GE Power in Berlin, Julia and our colleague Leonard discussed Bayer's LifeHub Berlin, an internal incubator for ideas of employees embarking on a journey of learning and applying iterative methodologies such as design thinking, lean startup, and agile to develop new value propositions. We hope you enjoy this episode. Julia, thank you very much for your presentation just now and thank you for joining me in this little studio here. Uh, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly explaining uh, who you are, what company you work for, and uh, what role you have at the moment. Sure. Yeah, so my name is Julia Hitzbleck. I work for Bayer, a German life science company, but Global Footprint. I'm working in a corporate innovation team, um, and we're responsible to help drive innovation capabilities uh, across all functions, divisions in the organization. In the last three to four years, we first analyzed what we need to do and then rolled out an innovation agenda. So building this innovation network that we now have across the globe uh, and also helping teams with an entrepreneurship program were things that I worked on in the last few years. And since two years, I'm based in Berlin and run the Life Hub Berlin, which is an internal co-working space and incubator. Um, another experiment in our portfolio to see how we can further drive uh, entrepreneurial mindset and collaboration inside the company. Let me start by asking how that life hub, where is that? I mean, it's located in Berlin, but from an organizational perspective, um, how is it located in the company, basically? It's actually not that important where it is uh, right now. Berlin, and we also have a life hub in Boston and in many other places around the world, sponsored by the corporate innovation team. But we also have life hubs that are run locally by the different divisions. Overall, they were all launched to catalyze innovation along the value chain. Um, and we also try to reach out into the ecosystem hotspots wherever we are. So in Berlin, it's a special case because we Berlin is our pharmaceutical headquarters. So we have 6,000 people on site, plus this amazing digital health startup ecosystem. In sites like Boston, it's a lot more about the biotech industry that we have. And we only have very few people as of now in Boston working for Bio directly. But it's really about helping people to really identify business challenges much clearer and then tapping also into the internal and external know-how to better co-create solutions and make sure we are launching great products for the future. Let me ask you about some of the iterative methodologies that I could clearly see in your slides. There was some, some elements of design thinking in there, there were some elements of uh, lean startup in there, there were some elements of agile uh, I could see. Uh, how do those different approaches or principles relate to each other and, and how do you uh, use them in a coherent way? So uh, I think all the methods have strength and while design thinking was probably the first better known, more holistic process, uh, I still feel it's, it's really great for empathy and deep customer understanding and uh, generating ideas that are maybe not so obvious. Uh, but we feel the lean startup approach is really a lot better in terms of this fast prototyping than just out of great ideas 
building a prototype and pitching it right away. Uh, so we feel that it's really about the mixture, really first having a deep customer and problem understanding, then generating better ideas, thinking of, about the business model in a very early stage on. That also includes, of course, a good value proposition um, and really being very clear on what are assumptions in this business model or assumption. And since that covers basically every aspect, it's, it's a nice summary tool. And then being very smart about testing, generating data, real evidence that, yes, this is really a problem worth solving, so that only later on you think about, okay, how do we actually develop the final product? And we also use Agile in lots of different areas in the company. Of course, we have some teams in, like, for large IT projects, of course, with Scrum Masters. A lot of operational departments also work with Kanban boards, but... We also wanted to push more this agile mindset uh, into the whole organization, also in the marketing or customer-facing parts, that it's not so much about, oh, it's only for IT, but more about, okay, uh, let's prioritize first, what do I want to learn, find a quick way to generate evidence, and either you're right or you, you learn something new and then you, you move into a slightly different direction. Um, so it's not necessarily in that case about one single methodology, but it's a pool of techniques and skills and sometimes you actually need additional expertise on figuring out how do I best test for the assumption that I have. I'm already sensing the answer to my next question, but I, will, I, I, I would like to pin it down a bit. Um, when you think about... Uh, local optimization or customization of methods, approaches, and ways to do it. You also mentioned a 12 weeks training program, if I am... Um... Uh, it's like on-the-job yeah. <laughs> support. Um, yeah. and, uh, and also, and then versus like this local optimization and, and also leaving it up to specific teams versus standardization. This is the buyer way of doing things, doing design thinking, doing yeah. lean startup, if you would... Uh, put it to the extreme. How do you deal about those things, like customizing locally, giving freedom versus there is a specific way of, of how it should be done? Um, so first of all, we, I think, started three to four years ago to work with innovation managers in the organization to defining our innovation process, high level, also what I showed. Um, and for us, it was only important that it really starts with the, the problem or a challenge, and then you go into idea and business model design and underneath we detailed what are the best tools to use at what stage but it's not necessarily always one single best choice so for teams who go through our intrapreneurship program they do have a fixed program because we usually run it in cohorts and it also needs to be fair to the teams they all need to deliver or work on the same exercises and deliver and then it maybe just a little bit of decision also from sometimes they have external coaches as well uh, to skip certain exercises. Now, once teams actually have more experience, you don't always need to go through the full process. And that's also what we see with the alumni from the program. They usually have two, three methods, or I don't know, like the hypothesis prioritization canvas that they take back and then use in their everyday job again. So it's really about learning new skills, having a different mindset, and also not being afraid to ask. So if 
if I now need to solve something and I said, oh, maybe I've seen this, but I really don't know how to do this, reach out to somebody that you know, maybe internally, but we also have a huge network of external partners, contacts, and asking usually doesn't cost anything, <laughs> in the beginning at least. <laughs> um, let me ask about some of those teams working with this new working style, more agile, um, more iterative, um, in faster cycles, they meet other business units functions within Bayer that is not working in the same way and collaborating with them as well on some of the projects, I assume. How, what is the, the dynamic between uh, and the, the collaboration between those different cultures almost uh, coming together and having to deal with each other? I don't know if I would call it collaborations, teams who go through the process, uh, they basically live in two different worlds at the same time because they are sometimes I say forced almost to do certain exercises and uh, we always have teams who just embrace it and just say, okay, I don't question it, I just follow the process and I learn as fast as I can and usually they make great progress. We have others who continuously challenge, so why do I need to do this and I need to align first and then you don't make as much progress. Now, if you have lots of interfaces where people start questioning first instead of saying, okay, I, I know you're working on a, something important or you're working on the right way, I just support you or, or just answer, help you with information instead of questioning, so why do you want to know this? Um, it gets more, much more easy to actually learn and if teams afterwards or in the process also share a bit more why they are doing this a certain way, usually it gets also easier to collaborate. Um, of course, if you have one project organization or a general organization who is just looking at, I don't know, regular do fixes or steering committee meetings that are outlined throughout the year already, you somehow also need to adapt because if that's uh, set in stone, uh, maybe you need to make sure that the team can pitch to that specific date because otherwise the senior sponsor will not be able to um, assess the project status, for example. Um, and at the same time, we also need to keep in mind that we can't switch over the whole organization at once. Uh, luckily, we've seen over the last four years that more and more people now see the value in working differently and parts of the organization are now also being organized more in like, I don't know whether it's a tribal organization or more project-based so that it makes easier to staff teams for certain tasks and then they can work on specific projects there and there's tons of stuff that we need to do so usually you shouldn't worry about a job. You mentioned, I think it was in the Q&A, there was a, a question and then you were talking, you were talking about yeah, if you have talked to 25 customers, potential customers, and 10 were saying that it would work for them, and then the 15. How is it generally in a, in a big organization like Bayer, where you usually talk about sometimes millions of uh, customers, when you go this small sample in the beginning, how does that discussion go regarding sample size and representation of a bigger market? Ah, that's a very good point. Um, that's probably one of the things where marketeers or also some other functions uh, struggled with the most in the beginning. They said, oh, but just talking to 10 people or 25, that's not representative. And 
uh, we are also very scientific or relying on numbers, so that's, that's a big question. But what we've seen throughout all these project teams uh, going through the process is that when they realize, oh my God, if I talk to 10 people or, or 25, and I actually can do this today or tomorrow and I have an answer and I don't need three months to find the right market research agency, design uh, the questionnaires, then have at some point interviews conducted and then I get a consolidated overview in the end where I just trust that these are the right insights, they get it. Of course, uh, you always need to keep in mind at what stage you are. If you're in discovery, right, you just need the right direction. If you, I don't know, need a higher confidence uh, level in, in numbers for market launch or, I don't know, delivering a new product like pharmaceutical product to the market, you need to have the right sample size. But for initial exploratory interviews, um, actually people realize that it's very inspiring to, to get first-hand feedback and learn so much more in these interviews. Now I'm drop, dropping another uh, keyword into the discussion, which is, is leadership. Um, how is leadership changing with those more autonomous, agile teams where the responsibility and accountability also lies very much with the team? And how does the team uh, work with that and deal with that? And how does this also look from a leadership perspective? I mean, of course, it is a different setting when you do that in a in an acceleration program, uh, rather than doing this also in a day-to-day -day business? I think that's probably the biggest stretch right now in changing the organization, because senior leaders have a lot of long-term experience, uh, which is super valuable. That's why they are in these positions. On the other hand, if you want more autonomy, uh, they're not in that much involved in the decision-making anymore. And a lot of people actually struggle then finding the right role because it's so much different from what they've been trained 20 years or so to, to perform to. Um, we've seen some really great examples, even though you probably wouldn't say uh, a senior leader should be part of a project team, but if you have for, for the right people, it can be also a very fruitful experience. So we had example of a, um, a country had in a smaller country, uh, she was part of one of the teams who went through our entrepreneurship program and was really open and said, oh, wow, I want to learn this. And she also realized how much hard work and hands-on this actually needs to be. But on the other hand, she had this first-hand experience and was therefore also so much uh, more valuable in terms of m as a multiplier than speaking to other more senior leaders and say, really, having trust and then this is not just, I heard this somewhere and now I'm, I'm repeating uh, the keywords, but I can really tell you that we've learned so much and that you get so much more as uh, high performance teams than as if you just direct the process. Um, they actually now are one of the pilot countries for a different type of organizational setup as well. But it's, it's something that it's good if Bottom-up, there is a lot more pull already, but if top-down, there is not a clear decision to execute this, it's really difficult to change. Let me ask you about uh, how to, how was, what was the challenge, or it is a challenge to free up time for people being in that acceleration program from their business lines or, or, or usual roles. How did you go about 
this and achieving this? It's still a challenge. <laughs> and in generally, I would say uh, we all to do too many different things. That includes me <laughs> quite often as well. Um, we started off saying uh, the program is open to everybody with a business challenge that needs to be solved right now and is also scalable across the organization to some extent so that it's um, worthwhile the investment into that team. That naturally means if the challenge is on the table already, it's probably nothing super far out there, but rather something more incremental. And we really try to push the teams not to think of a just incremental solution for today, but really trying to push this out in the horizon a bit more. And um, that way, it's something they should be spending time on anyways in solving it. So it's less of a discussion. However, uh, since they're following a different process, for most teams, it still feels like on top. I think everybody is used to getting a strategy project on top, which, but you know how it works. Uh, it also just lasts a couple of weeks and then it's over. It's extra effort, uh, but learning additionally new skills is still a stretch for a lot of people. Um, Overall, if, if teams manage to prioritize the operational workload or have a good sponsor who realizes that, okay, this is, this is really priority, I'll try to free up my team as much from other operational topics they have on the table, that really helps up picking up speed for the team. Let me ask you about what you see, what are some of the common traits you see with uh, successful teams in this, uh, in this program? Uh, what characterizes them, if you can see some kind of general patterns? So I think, first of all, it's the mindset to be open to learn new skills and try out a different way. Um, then, of course, you also need to practice. So <laughs> I think we are all so used to being successful in what we do that it's sometimes actually painful even after like the first, oh, I'll try it out to really stick to uh, the new skills and trying to improve them because it's one thing to understand why you're doing it and it's another thing to also in the team have enough trust to openly say, okay, wow, so it took us that much time to run the experiment. How can we speed this up the next time? As a team, as an individual, what was my contribution and figuring out this team dynamic and Teams that move fast, they, they have this safe, trusted space. They are probably almost always open enough to also give each other feedback. Maybe also some more uh, aggressive discussions around where to move, because if you have too much alignment on, okay, this is what we do next, you're not stretching yourself. And therefore, it's also important to have people from different backgrounds in the team, because if there's so much aligned thinking already, uh, yes, you can do all these methods, but you're probably not stretching yourself uh, far enough yet. So to have, sometimes they actually say, also try to get one or two uh, new people in, in the team to provide just a totally different perspective, or who start challenging things that we always do. And because if you're in a certain function or industry for a time. There are so many things you're not aware of 
that you wouldn't even challenge because that's normal or you couldn't do it any other way. But if you have somebody from the outside, different function, different division or so, and they just ask simple questions. Let me ask you the last uh, question. What would you say is uh, one of your most important learnings in that, in that whole journey? Oh, I would say communication. <laughs> Because in the end, um, you can't over-communicate. And even if you think, whether it's from a program perspective or project or teaching people new skills or sharing lessons learned, Uh, we quite often already knew that we need to communicate through different channels and to different audiences and also repeating it. But be aware that if, if the project team or the innovation department or you do this full time, even those early adopters or people who really love it, they probably only do it part time. And all the others, they only hear about it every now and then. So while... The, the core team probably thinks already, oh my God, I can't say this again. There are so many people out there who might have heard it before, but it's in and out, and they can't necessarily make all the connections right away. So it's really important to communicate, 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 and also making sure that you know what is the right or how to speak through a different audience and maybe have variations of it and um, always... Helping others also to tell the story because if it's only it's so much more powerful if others who are part of the process actually share their experiences as if the corporate team or the the organizers or so um, say this is great. But if you have people who really had this mindset shift already and see the value, uh, they can tell the story from another angle as well, and that really helps too. Uh, inspire even more people. Julia, thank you very much once again for the presentation and for that uh, interesting and pleasant conversation. Yeah, thank you very much as well. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.